In this week's podcast, we're going to talk about what a career in safety has done for me. Been all over the news about people getting their GCSE results, A-level results. There's a lot of people out there thinking about what to do next. And I genuinely think that a career in health and safety might be the answer for a lot more people than what we realise. So this podcast is not really for you, the normal listener. It's for you to share with your brothers, sisters, nieces, nephews, sons, daughters, whatever. It's to share to the wider world, the younger audience that we in the industry are so desperately in need of. So let's get into the podcast. Health and safety is almost a victim of its own success. We need an oppressive regime of health and safety regulation. A huge fire engulfs a tower block in London. Children being forced to wear goggles to play conkers at school. Worst oil field disaster, 164 dead. Rebranding safety, the modern health and safety podcast, crushing the stereotype. And your host, James McPherson. Okay, so first maybe let's start with with where, how I kind of got into safety. Let's start there. That's a good place to start, right? No? Okay. No, I think it is a good place to start. Right, let's start there. I left school with nada, nothing. I think I got two C's. Um, I tell most people I've got two C's. Um, what I don't tell people is that those two C's were from the same subject. It was like a double science, double C in science or whatever. And that was it. Um, everything else was, I think I got one D. The rest were like E's, F's and U's. I got one U. Um, that's ungraded for those of you that don't know. Um, I remember getting that, that envelope. Um, I was working um, in a factory, getting paid a hell of a lot more than a lot of my friends. I was getting like a an adult salary, minimum wage, but I was coming out with like seven hundred pounds a month, and and I was like, wow, you know. I think I got my first paycheck and spent like one third of it on a skateboard. Um, literally went to Chopper, the local shop, and was like, those trucks, those wheels, that deck or board or whatever we call it. I can't remember. Um, and yeah, so anyway, I was at that job and, um, for some reason, I think we were on holiday when the results came out, so I couldn't get them. So, um, I went on my lunch break and, um, the guy I worked with took me and got my envelope and I remember this feeling of, of just pure disappointment. And I think in that moment realized... This is, this is it, working in a warehouse, looking at this guy next to me who was like 60 year old, working in a warehouse, I thought, you know, this is it, this is cool, I kind of like this job, it gets a bit annoying at times, a bit boring, but it's okay, it's not a bad job. And then I went to college, um, and I felt like that was the right decision at the time, but I went to college and I studied um, music technology and uh, electrical installation um, with the intent of going to work in theatre. So I was working then again with a friend of mine who who now successfully works in theatre. Um, you should check him out, Aidan Jones and uh, A&M Productions Limited? I don't know, A&M Productions, check him out. He's good, good at his shit. So anyway... Um, I worked with him for a bit and there was always my intention um, but again just struggled to get 
any kind of attention. Any, I couldn't give anything attention for any longer than like a couple of hours. So I was a bit of a dick, really, if I'm honest, when I was younger. And then uh, ended up becoming a chef. Um, quite enjoyed chefing, thought I'd found something. Um, I did that up until I was about 20, 21, I think. And yeah. I love that job. I did genuinely love that job. Um, I ended up being what I like to call a microwave technician, um, not a chef, just a ping and ding restaurant. Um, so we were chucking bags of cooked food into a microwave, reheating it. And, you know, the most cooking you were doing was slapping a steak on a, on a grill. Um, so I wasn't really chefing. I wasn't very happy. Um, it wasn't a nice place to work anyway, the, the last pub I finished in. And left there. Went and got a job in a warehouse tried to use that kind of um Chandler Bing and Rachel what the 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 um the fear tried to give myself the fear so walked out young and impulsive got a job in a factory um applied for a team leader job at a warehouse um never heard anything and got approached by a recruiting agency we've got a quality environment and health and safety assistant role on a temporary contract do you want it um I didn't really know what that was. I I can remember thinking, what even is health and safety and quality? So I took the job. Um, probably the best decision I've ever made in my entire life. I then quite quickly pro progressed up to lead assistant, which is like this unofficial team leader role. But I then went on to my knee bosh uh, and then worked my way up to now being probably the rest of the year by the end of the year I'll have a degree level education so you know for me a degree level education was something I never ever ever thought I would have but something strange happened whilst working in health and safety something happened where I realized I actually quite enjoy this job and the reason why I thought I'd do this podcast was one yes because there's a lot of people out there thinking whether what career they want to go to etc etc but I was, what was I listening to? I think I was listening to a podcast and um, the question was asked, you know, if you could do anything, what would you do? And I, I shut my eyes and I thought, what would I do? And I genuinely couldn't think of anything other than what I do now or the vision for rebranding safety was what I was thinking of um, as it was that was what I was thinking I want to do um, so this has gone from just any old job to something that I actually really enjoy um, which I was just unbelievably shocked by myself and that was only a couple of weeks ago um, so I wanted to kind of talk about, not sit and talk about me, um, you know, as a wife say, it's not all about you, James. Um, it is all about me, but I want to sit and talk about how much stuff I've actually got to do from working in health and safety. How much interest there is in this industry. How many different varieties of tasks and areas that you cover in this role. And we briefly touched on... Rude. Sorry about that. Just my wife getting dinner, lunch, late lunch, dinner, lunch, brunch, drunch. I don't know. I don't know what it would be. What's 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 in between lunch and dinner? Drunch. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, snack. I don't know. Anyway, I digress. So, what was I saying? The reason why I want to do this is I want to I want to really just kind of 
explain the kind of the insights I've had from working and how much it's kind of impact me and and uh, how much I've just enjoyed this job um, which people have this perception of of such a boring onerous in a hard hat etc you know you know the perception you know I've said it over and over again so you know, there's, there's the obvious stuff, like like I just said, you know, it took me from from literally nothing to, you know, nearly a couple of months off a degree level education, which, you know, I could not be more proud of. And then, you know, you've got the obvious stuff, like it, it pays you a good salary. It is a good career and it pays you a damn good salary. Obviously, that varies from industry to industry and job to job and employer to employer, but it's paid me a good salary, a salary which I never thought I would be able to achieve. Um... That's enabled me to achieve things like buy a house, get a dog, etc, etc. Go on some holidays I thought I would never do. Um, but that aside, it's the, it's the other things that really are really important. You can get a good salary doing anything. You can get an amazing salary selling shit off a stick. Do you know what I mean? It's like, but it's the other stuff that makes a real, real difference. A salary is, is expected. The stuff that... I find still now uncomfortable to a way is, you know, when you get invited to a meeting and you're like, what's this meeting for? Why am I being invited? You know, not to be rude, but to be like, you know, I want to be efficient with my time. So you ask and you challenge, etc. And and if you're, oh, we need a subject matter expert. And that always puts me back like, and you think, I'm not an expert. And, you know, maybe it's a little bit of imposter syndrome or something like that. But you sit there and you think, oh, Ooh, so, you know, don't call me an expert. Like, I, I got two C's and a U. <laughs> I'm not an expert. Or you get called a specialist or something like that, and you think, fuck me. Wow, this is amazing. You know, when you really sit back and you start to look at yourself and you think, Jesus, you know, this is a job that anyone can have. Um, and you can become something that people go to for help and advice and guidance and support and you know when you do it the right way it's not that kind of police officer internal police officer role or going around and putting your hard hat on it's not that it's it's something actually amazing um it's 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 just a it's an a, a position in a business that i really genuinely thought i would never amount to um, I've, I've, I've been able to have dinners and have meetings and have drinks and uh, advisory conversations with, you know, CEOs, exec directors, senior management, shop floor people. There's, there's rarely any role where you can go for from talking to, you know, a machine operator all the way up to the director of the business. You know, if you're in a big national business, that rarely happens, you know, in any other role do you get that that insight into a business where you can talk to the, the, the doers of the job and then the next day talk to the deciders of, of the job. I genuinely don't think there's many other roles um, in a business where you get that variety of people that you would talk to. There's not many other jobs as well, I think, and this depends on, on what you do. So you could be a salesman selling, I don't know, heart transplant equipment and get that kind of real moral um, positive energy from your role. But you could genuinely do health and safety in any role. And if you do it right and you, you enjoy it and you understand it, you should really get that kind of moral positive energy from what you're doing. And 
and that is something that I love. Um, you know, I, I joke all the time. Well, I kind of joke, but I'm not joking about, you know, I'm saving lives in what I do. And, and people take the piss and, you know, my, my friend Chris calls me, oh, senior life coach and stuff like that. But it is like, you know, you genuinely get to make sure people go home with all their digits and people can go home with a good back so they can play football with their kids whether they like it or not um you know you're doing that and sometimes that's difficult because you know when you do a job well you don't really see any difference um you don't you can really not see anything you know nothing happening today means you've done a good job um don't get me wrong, sometimes, you know, I, I absolutely love when you go and, and you say you've got like a responsible person for a building or a responsible person for a service or something like that. And they say, I really need my help. I really need your help, James. Can you come along? And and you go there and you say, oh, OK, maybe we do it this way. Maybe we do it that way. And you have that kind of engaging conversation with them. And they say, oh, wow, that's really helpful. Thank you. I feel like we can do this and we can do it safe. And, and you, know, you talk to the staff and they're like, yeah, I get that works, actually. That is just amazing for me you've really really helped someone and the fact that what you're doing there is is helping somebody stay safe or helping the building stay safe or keep the customers safe but keep somebody healthy and safe and you know have good well-being and you know just be all around the night creating a nice place to work just creates such positive positive energy the next bit is kind of like it's probably one of few roles where you have so many hats um, and when I say hats, I mean, you know, one day you're a risk assessor, the next day you're an auditor, the next day you're an innovator trying to come up with a new way of doing things, the next day you're a problem solver sitting in a room thinking about a problem you've got, the next day you're an incident investigator, the next day you're a trainer, you know, and then within all that you might be a coach going around and having coaching conversations with people, then the next day you're just an advisor, a supporter, a guide, then the next Next day you're just there doing some admin you're, you're crunching data you're you're a data analyst this it's a role with so much variety um that i just genuinely don't think many other roles get you, you do so much in this role and and especially when you start taking on quality and environment as well and you you you'll see from a podcast that we did a couple of weeks ago with jonathan dempsey where you know he's taken on like um, safeguarding and security and you get all this stuff and you really start to just have such a variety of roles so if you're the kind of person that enjoys problem solving and you're the kind of person that enjoys variety and, and, and fast paced now this is the job for you one caveat I will say to that is it does vary on the business you work for. The role that you do is heavily dependent on the business you work for. You can have a health and safety role with all this variety in a business that just really doesn't want you there or you're there just to tick a box and you're going to fucking hate the job. It's a long and short of it. It's going to be boring. It's going to be shit. So really think about the industry you want to work in. But you can be a safety engineer on a gas rig, on a gas and oil rig out offshore. You can be a safety engineer in a housing association, a safety engineer, a safety assessor, a risk assessor, trainer, advisor, business partner, coach, whatever you want to call them, in a factory, in a warehouse, in retail. You could work for bloody Gucci. You know, they, they all need it. They all have this legal responsibility. It's an international legal responsibility. 
and you could be in that role. Um, for me, it's a, just a phenomenal job. So let's talk about some other stuff I've been able to do in my time. Um, so let's talk about being a trainer then. So being a trainer is something that I've become a few years ago, um, added it to my kind of portfolio of things I can do and actually found out I love it. I love that part of the job. Um, I, you can probably tell from this podcast I absolutely love the sound of my own voice and that's probably one of the things you need to be as a trainer standing up in front of a group of adults from 10 to 50 to 100 people for me don't get me wrong I would get nervous probably the first time I did 100 people and I'd get nervous the first time I did 10 people I get nervous with the first time we do a new course or something like that but eventually you know it's something I will do and it's something I actually love um, so don't get me wrong, you can not be a trainer in a safety game. You can be a safety professional and not be training. It's not something you have to do. So if you think, oh, I don't want to talk to people, I don't want to be that public, uh, you know, talk to a big group of people, that's fine. You do need to be a good communicator, I think. I think that's one of the most vital things. But being a trainer for me has enabled me to just engage with people on such a, a, a different level not so much that kind of teacher student point of view as much as you do have that but also that that kind of support and role and people asking questions sometimes when you deliver training um it it creates just an environment and it depends on the delegates you get but it creates a, a safe environment where people feel secure and safe to ask questions and they when people come away from a training course that you've developed and they feed back that they've got solu- they've had solutions and developed solutions or got answers they've been waiting for and, and overly enjoyed it as well. When you get that good banter going with them as well, it's a phenomenal feeling. And becoming a trainer has enabled me to, to become a accredited trainer for IOSH and um, probably the most interesting one that would appeal to most people is is doing kind of, I like to call it terrorism awareness training, um, which is part of the Civil Aviation Authority. You might work for an employer that's um, what some people call a known consigner. So a known consigner is basically the long and short of it. You don't need your pallets that you ship on a plane to be um, scanned so you have loads of security within your within your business therefore you have to have uh, a higher level of awareness within your teams to be able to spot suspicious packages and stuff like that so we used to deliver in-house training that then meant I needed to become an accredited trainer with the Civil Aviation Authority to deliver said course that meant I had to go away and essentially watch a load of ex-military people blow shit up. It was awesome. Don't get me wrong, there was two days, uh, three days worth of admin before that, which was heavy, like proper heavy. But the last day was spending a day in this firing yard thing where there was police officers about a few hundred meters away practicing their um, storming of a car and a building drills with proper guns and everything. And we're up there with this with these people handling Semtex and you know building bombs and stuff like that in a controlled environment, obviously. And then this guy goes and sticks it to the side of, the, of an airplane door, um, obviously just a door, not an airplane, um, and blows it up to kind of give you a bit of context. Now, you know, it's freaking awesome. Um, I've been able to go to as a as a kind of safety professional um, in a manufacturing plant where we created 
basically insulation, be able to go to BRE, the testing facility uh, in Watford, and um, watch how they're burning our equipment, uh, uh, sorry, our products to see if it's flame retardant. So go there and, and talk to these scientists and work out how they're testing stuff and how to tweak our product. and. I've gone back to the same facility when working in housing to look at how they're testing cladding and how they're testing cavity barriers for fire safety as a, a fire risk assessor. Um, you know, I think the one thing to mention there, FYI, if you are currently in school listening to this, science, when you're an adult, is cool as shit. So I know it sounds boring when you're doing it in class and you've got Mrs... I don't know, Mrs. Smith going on about particles and friggin, what's that thing called when you change water around, I don't know, anyway, I was trying to think of some good science thing, you know, because I've got a C in it, but actually two C's, but I've obviously forgot, but when you become an adult, science is cool as shit, man, so pay attention there if you can, if you can't, whatever. So let's move on then. So some other stuff that has been able to do, I've been able to do within the work with the fire service. So working in partnership very closely with the fire service, I've been able to go on exercises with uh, breathing apparatus on, enter a, a flaming building as part of a controlled exe- uh, uh, exercise. Again, to get some context as to what I'm doing, um, develop training courses with the fire service, travel around the country delivering this training course in partnership with the fire service as well. You know, you get some real insights into into that stuff. And again, this does vary in the, across the industry that you might choose. Um, you get to work with so many different people. We're working with, like I said earlier, in like the kind of levels of hierarchy, but actually the difference of people that are actually doing the job. So you might be working with engineers one day. You might be working with machine operators one day, managers, directors, CFOs, 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 yep, C. EOs, CEOs, Chief Executive Officer, yeah, there we go, CEOs, it really is a role that you can go anywhere with, you know, you can, it applies to everything that a business does, so to put that into context, health and safety and well-being applies to a salesman just as much as it applies to an engineer, now, you might spend more time with an engineer because of inherently what they do is higher risk, or more more risky but a salesman on the road high levels of stress road safety driving safely safely etc etc you know so you could be spending a day with a salesman the next day going into customer services and thinking about dse and doing some assessments there working with them coaching with them the next day you're with engineers i think if you enjoy talking with people and you enjoy engaging with people you're a very kind of social person this 100 percent is the job for you you it is such a good job if you like that kind of problem solving talking to people helping people because you can spend a day just walking around a factory a business driving around the country to all your different sites whatever business you're in just talking to people, asking, what's your problems? How how are you? Do you feel safe? Whatever. And, and trying to give them solutions. Then we start kind of take a step back and think about all the different components within health and safety. And we touched on it there. So, 
you've got to have a little bit of knowledge on and and don't get me wrong is that you could you could specialize in any of these so i'm talking from a generalist point of view but you will end up developing a little bit of knowledge about chemicals a little bit of knowledge about engineering electricity gas machinery lifting operations you'll start to think about the science behind stuff so you'll think about gravity then you start thinking about psychology there's so many different things within this industry within this game that you would never ever get to consider if you were a salesman or you were working in customer services and I, I have nothing against those roles and I don't mean that from a negative standpoint other things that you would just never have never have thought that working in health and safety would ever give you is going to an expo every year you'd think is proper boring and it is quite, can be quite boring to be honest but that going to the health and safety and expo in london has enabled me to meet nigel owens one of probably the most famous rugby referee in the world clive woodward the most famous rugby coach ever in the world in my opinion brian cox we all know who that is the most famous coolest scientist in the world you know three people that i thought i would never rub shoulders with or get a selfie with ever but yet health and safety a career in health and safety has enabled me granted by chance but to get a selfie with those those people to be able to shake hands with those people it's just unbelievable it's a job that you learn how to communicate effectively it's you understand how to influence how to engage how to investigate, how to manage data, how to problem solve. These are all skills you could take beyond your job. These are skills you take home. You know, the concept of reasonably practicable for me is something I use all the time. You know, is what we're doing here, is it reasonable? Is what we're doing here, is it practicable? You know, I always try to apply that mindset on everything we do. It's genuinely has made me a better person, in my opinion. My wife might disagree on that point. The kind of and again this this just to kind of caveat this again it does massively depend on the on the industry that you choose to work in but you know I've managed to work on machines that are mile long I've managed to work in explosive atmospheres you know shit that can blow up and do calculations and, you know bear in mind I'm terrible at maths oops sorry um, terrible at maths and do calculations on whether we're removing enough of the gas in the in the atmosphere to create an acceptable low explosive limit so that if there is a single spark nothing will go up or the levels of gas don't go too high that it would take something very very slight for there to be an explosion or a very significant fire to the point where we're doing maths and I'm working with these people who are absolute geniuses and I remember spotting a problem of this guy's um, calculation of being like, no, I don't, I don't think this is right. I'm being quite rightly challenged on that. Um, you know, who are you, James? You, you didn't, you, I think you got a U in maths for God's sake. You know, who are you to challenge me? Well, I've just followed the, the process that you've given me, the calculation you've given me and I, and I don't think this is right. Turns out I was right and it was wrong. For me, that was a massive achievement. Um, and when you sit back and you think what's that actually done well that's that's potentially stopped a future incident where that factory could have exploded and that's something to be proud of i've managed to work in printing presses hospitals houses shops offices you you literally get to put your finger in all of the pies so i kind of touched on why i'm telling you this earlier but 
you know, why am I actually telling you this? So, like I said earlier, this this podcast is not for you, the the average listener. This is for your your sons, your daughter, young younger friends, your 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 nephews, your nieces, etc., etc. I truly have loved my career in health and safety, and I genuinely think there are many more that will love a career in health and safety that they would never have considered. But I think the most important thing is that is that we need them. The industry, in my opinion, is massively aging and quite quickly is aging. There are young professionals like myself out there, 100%, you know, and they're all starting to come out of the woodwork. But it's something that we need people to start maybe considering this as a first career instead of a second career. Maybe we need to start having people that purposely go to be in a career in health and safety instead of falling into it like I did because I've come to realize this is probably one of the most interesting jobs that anybody can get and that you don't need to go and go to university for 50 years and be a genius and get a massive debt you don't need to do any of that you just need to be able to communicate a positive mental attitude and maybe a little bit good at problem solving but all of those kind of soft skills you can develop over the years so so please share this podcast um not to get me popularity or anything like that but genuinely just to get more youth more ideas more diversity in health and safety because businesses need it we need it in the industry um and there's no way we change without getting fresh ideas and fresh ideas come from fresh eyes we also have a duty i think as safety professionals to to encourage people to come to this career um, and show them actually how much of an interesting exciting and beneficial career it actually is so please share this podcast i hope you found it interesting Um, remember it's not for you this one it's for everyone out there who's now considering on where to go next thanks for listening safe